have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 8, back in Luke. And I do want to publicly thank you, Mike, for serving us and giving me a break. It was wonderful. Luke chapter 8, we're going to begin at verse 16 this morning, and before we do, let us seek the Lord's mercy. Father, how weak and needy we are. Apart from you, we can do nothing, and apart from you, we are blind and without hope. We look to you as our only hope, as our only strength, our only help, our salvation. Oh, Lord Jesus, reveal yourself to us this morning and help us. That we may see you, see ourselves, and put our confidence, our hope, our trust, our delight in you. Minister grace to us. Be merciful. We ask this in your name. Amen. Luke chapter 8, beginning at verse 16. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care then how you hear, for to the one who has more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. What is Jesus saying to us this morning in this passage? Well, I'll tell you one thing. That was not easy to figure out. I struggled all week to figure out what is the point he's getting at here. This was a tough one, and and I knew it was tough because as I struggled with it and as I looked at commentators, they were saying the same thing. They were all going, the preachers that I I listened to, the the people who had commented said, uh, this is a tough one. It's hard to know exactly what Jesus' point is. But thankfully, I praise God that he allowed me, even though it was late in the week, to see a through line, to see, it's like the lights came on, and I thank him for it because it it was a struggle, it was hard. And there's good application for us here this morning. There's good meat here for our souls. And if, we will, if we'll follow the through line and get to where Jesus makes his point, we will see and understand that this really does have big implications in our life here today. Jesus begins in this particular little section. He begins by talking about lighting a lamp and the purpose of doing so. Why do you do that? Because if you've ever been shrouded in darkness, have you, ever been, have you ever experienced darkness? I mean, darkness. I wonder how many of you, have you ever experienced darkness where you actually, you tried to, to find your hand right here? You ever done that? That's weird stuff. Like, it's actually scary. Darkness, when we understand it, you really understand the goodness and the, the purpose of light. I've shared this story with some of you before years ago, and I'm going to share it again. For those of you, there's some here who haven't heard it, but when I was a teenager living at home, 
in Elkford up in the mountains. There's just a small town, 2,500 people. As you can imagine, there's not much light. Not, unlike living here where it's hard, you know, because there's so much light at night, hard to even see the stars there. It's like the, everybody's lights should turn off. And this particular night, it was very dark. There wasn't even starlight out. And so I couldn't see anything, and I had to use the restroom in the middle of the night. And I get out of bed, and I, you know how it is in, in darkness. Even though I know the room very well, if you're off a little bit, and you, you think you're going straight, you're about ready to paste into the wall, right? So it's, and it's a weird, unnerving feeling. So you, 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 you grope around, and, you, and you're desperately thinking, okay, I, I think I'm, I got this figured out, but I, I real, you do not want, if you've ever ran into something, you don't want to do that. And so I'm going through the bedroom, and I, and I make it to the door. I feel the doorway, and I get around the doorway, start heading towards uh, the restroom, and I start feeling a little bit more confident, like I know where it's at, and and so I start picking up my pace, and I didn't realize at this point that the, how the dar- door for the bathroom was left open. And as I was groping like this, figuring that I had it all figured out, that door made its way right through my hands and, and clocked me right in the forehead and it almost set me on my back. And I don't know, if you've ever ran, have you ever ran into something that's solid and it just, it's like getting drilled by... You know, Anderson Silva, I guess, with a snap kick to the forehead. It's like, boom, nothing moves, and you're moving, and you're just dropped back immediately, and it just sends a jolt down your body. And it, it just immediately, it freaks you out because you realize that, because for a moment you're wondering what it was. You're in darkness. And the thing about darkness is that we cannot see where we're going. We don't know where we're at. We desperately need light to figure things out. We need, to, we, need to, we need light We have because without it, we have no idea where we're going. You know what? Even in the familiar, even if I was to ask you to walk through your own home, it's very familiar. Even, oh, I could do that with my eyes closed. Yeah, but there are variables, and you know it. Even if you're off a little bit, you could get knocked on your butt very easily. Light is absolutely essential. But with light, what happens when we have light? What's the purpose of it? What does it do? It illumines the room. And all of a sudden you have confidence. You can see where you're going. You see what you, see what you need to avoid. You see the destination and you can make your way. And it, it, it takes away anxiety. It takes away fear. You, can, you, you, you have understanding of your environment. But without light, we're in trouble. And as Jesus states here, we don't, the whole purpose and reason, we don't light a lamp to cover it with a jar or to put it under a bed, do we? That's what he says. You don't do that. Self-evident, right? That's, hopefully, we're all going, yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying, Jesus. You don't do that. Why? Because that's not the point or purpose of it. It's to give light. You put it on a lampstand so everybody can see it. And so it lights up the room and everybody can see where they're going. They don't run into doors. Now, the reason it seems Jesus says this is because the purpose of the disciples being given light was to bring light into the darkness. And I believe Jesus wanted to balance out what he had just said previously in the parable of the seeds. Because if you recall, look back, if you have your Bibles, look back up into verse 10. What does Jesus say in verse 10 prior to this? 
He says, To you it has been given to know the secret of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. What does he say to them? To you, to my disciples, what has been given to you? To know the secrets of the kingdom. But to others, it's a given in parables so that they, they don't see. They don't understand. And when they don't see, they're left in darkness. They don't get it. So in case they thought it was their duty as, as well, I believe this is why Jesus says what he does down here in verse 16. That in case you think it's your duty as well to keep things hidden in parables, I want you to understand something. You're not given light to hide it. You're given light to display it. Because their ministry was a little bit different than Jesus'. Jesus comes into the light, into the world, and he comes to give light. And there's many in Israel, because of judgment upon them, that are not going to receive his light. They reject his light, they walk in darkness. But the time is going to come where things are different. The light that Jesus has given them, the purpose and meaning of it is not to keep it hidden like what he's doing through his parables. But things are going to change. How do we know that? In Matthew chapter 10, 27, Jesus says, What I tell you in the dark, say in the light. And what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. He's talking to his disciples there in Matthew chapter 10, 27. And so what you're hearing, disciples, what you're hearing in the dark, say in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim from the rooftops. And this seems to be the way Jesus is arguing here. But the difficulty, here's the difficulty. Thinking, well, that may seem obvious at first that what Jesus is saying here in this passage is that he, the time is coming, there is a time coming when he wants them to proclaim and make what's hidden obvious and shout from the rooftops. But the difficulty is that when you turn over to uh, in Luke chapter 11, 11 and 12 makes this more complex. Because if you look at, um, there he uses the same analogy, making a different point. Turn, if you will, to Luke chapter 11, quickly. And when someone uses the same analogy to make a different point, it sometimes makes it very confusing. Because a lot of of times you think, well, Jesus, he's saying the same kind of thing. Maybe he's making the same kind of point. In Luke chapter 11, if you look at verses 33 through 36. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it in a cellar or under a basket. Now, it's not identical, if you've noticed, but it's very similar. Because previously, he talks about putting a cover over it and under the bed. Here he says, no one puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand, so so that those who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful lest the light in you be darkness. If, you, if then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, it will be wholly bright, as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. So you read that, and what's he talking about there? Clearly, Jesus uses this analogy of the lamp here to talk about the effect of light being in you. What happens when light is in you? When you have light in you, it lights your whole being, he says. 
has a seen and it's seen through your eyes. That's the point he's making in chapter 11. And this is clearly the conclusion because that's, he, he lays it out in verse 30, uh, verse 35. Therefore, he draws the conclusion. He's drawing the conclusion. He's, he's explaining what he means. And verse 35 gives us that meaning. It's also important to note that in chapter 11, he's talking to the Pharisees in this whole section, not his disciples. There's even a different audience. In chapter 8, however, who's Jesus talking to? If you flip back to chapter 8, he's talking to his disciples here. And his conclusion to his point is found, if you turn back to chapter 8, if you look at verse 18, some translations say, therefore. Verse 18 says, take care then. Take care then for what? Take care then how you listen or how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. Here he's talking about the point and purpose here of, of listening. His conclusion is, hear well. He's talking to his disciples. I want you to hear well because I want you to hear why. Because you're given light. And the purpose of being given light is not to go hide it, but to display it. We can even see that Jesus is developing this argument when he states more explicitly in verse 17 what he does. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest. Nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest. Nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. What's he saying there? Well, a lot of times we think that he's talking about the final day of judgment where he's going to bring things to light, but it doesn't flow with the argument at all. I think it's related to Matthew 10, 27, where he says there's things, there's things that I'm whispering to you. There's things that you hear in the dark, but there's going to come time where you make them uh, light. There's going to be things that you're whispered that you're going to shout from the housetops. What is cloudy and obscure will be made plain and obvious. So even though Jesus was giving a certain amount of light during his ministry to those around him, especially the disciples, there's still much hidden in mystery, isn't there? There's still so much that needs to be understood in full light. Because at this point, even though Jesus is revealing truths about his kingdoms, the secret of his kingdom to his disciples, would you agree that there are many things that are still very hidden from them? They, they don't get it. They really don't get it. In fact, we know that Jesus' purpose and mission were still hidden from the disciples. And how do we know that? Because soon we'll see Peter rebuking Jesus for talking about being delivered up to the authorities. Right? It's like, what are you talking about, Jesus? Peter doesn't get it, and Jesus rebukes him for it. The disciples were also very excited when Jesus is heading into Jerusalem. They think what's about to happen is because this huge mass of gatherings coming around Jesus, his popularity is growing. It's intense. And they're like, wow, this is going to be amazing. They think he's probably going into Jerusalem to establish, to take the throne and, to, and then to overthrow the Romans and to establish his kingdom. In fact, on their way into Jerusalem, you hear the disciples and they're arguing with one another who will sit at his right hand. So they're all excited. They think it's coming, man. Like, who, do you think, who do you think is going to be at his right hand? And Jesus hears this, and then, he, and then he instructs them. They weren't getting it. And we also know Jesus is on the cross, and when he, he, he's taken, and then he's, uh, he's ripped from them, and they're confused, and they run away themselves. They see him be, being betrayed. They see him being beat up. They see him being mocked. They see him go to the crucifixion, and they're just they're dismayed. What's this? How could this be happening? What's going on? They're confused. They're lost. 
They're running away. They're, they're utterly, they're dismayed. They don't understand. However, things change, don't they? With the ascension of Jesus and the coming of the Spirit, light bursts forth and all is made clear. We see this immediately when when Peter gets up to preach in Acts chapter 2. He clearly reveals Jesus to the crowd. And he fully gets the crucifixion. He gets the the resurrection. He gets the ascension. He gets the pouring out of the Spirit. And he's explaining everything with absolute clarity. But it wasn't too long prior to that, was it? When Peter's rebuking Jesus. Not getting it at all, but with the resurrection, the ascension, and the pouring out of the Spirit, all of a sudden the lights come on. Boom. Amazing clarity. This is also why the epistles, compared to the gospels, are filled with so much clarity about Jesus Christ and who he is and what he's done. The gospels, Jesus is speaking in riddles and parables. He says some things that are, you go away scratching your head thinking, what, what's he talking about? It's confusing. Even his purpose and his mission, is, is, it's not really clear. But then you go read a gospel. Look, read a Paul, Romans. He lays it out. Boom, boom, boom. Here's, here's Christ. Here's you. Here's you without Christ. Here's what Jesus came to do. Here's what happens, how you're justified by faith in Christ. Here's what Jesus did. He, he, you died with him. You were raised with him with newness of life. He filled you with his spirit. It's a boom, 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 boom. All of his books are like that. The clarity of the epistles. Jesus is fully and clearly revealed. It's, it's what, was, what was hidden Look in verse 17. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be made known and come to light. You are going to be given light, and the purpose of you being given light will not be for you to hide it in parables or any other such thing. You're going to be given it, and and your purpose is to shine. Your purpose is to declare, to reveal what has been hidden in mysteries from years past. Your purpose is to make it absolutely clear. You have a different mission than even the Messiah himself. Jesus dismantles the darkness even in the disciples' life with with his resurrection, his ascension, and the pouring out of the Spirit. And even so, even when they're hearing this, we know when the disciples heard this for the first time, they're going, okay, what's he talking about? (laughs) Forget me struggling to figure out the through line. They didn't know the through line. But Jesus, he wasn't worried about that because remember what he says. He goes on to say something else. Listen carefully. And why? Look at verse 18. Take care then. Because this is what's going to happen, take care how you hear. Why should I take care how I hear? Because all you have to do is pay attention. And because the things you see and the things you hear... Jesus says, what will happen when the Spirit comes? He will reveal the truth to you. He will bring it to light. He will, he will bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. He is going listen and listen carefully and watch carefully because this is all going to make sense one day. Because when the Spirit comes, He will illumine you and help you to get it. It's like, that's what Peter, the coming of the Spirit, it's like, Boom! Look at what he does. Just like Shazam, he goes, Joel 2, boom. This is the pouring out of the Spirit. That's what happened. 
Jesus. This is what, this is, this is foreordained in the foreknowledge of God. Boom, boom, boom. This is what happened. And he's, he's just like Shazam, uh, unloading all this history in the old covenant. And this is all pointing to Jesus. It was all about Jesus. A couple weeks earlier, he could not have done that at all. Boom, massive light and declaration about who Jesus is, what he's done, and what he's come to accomplish, and what it means for them. They need to watch and listen so the Spirit will have the content to clearly reveal Jesus and it makes sense. That's what he's saying here. He's telling them their mission, explaining to them that even though I speak in parables, a day is coming and you won't. You're going to make plain and obvious what is hidden and obscure. So listen carefully. But you know what? We're sitting here, you are sitting here this morning, and you'd realize that you too must listen carefully. Because if we don't listen carefully, we don't see Jesus. We can so easily miss it. So easily miss it. We need to hear on a continual and listen carefully on a continual basis of how it is Jesus fills us with his light. And the fundamental darkness of our souls is to disappear. And why is that? Because you are constantly hearing lies from your flesh, from the world, and from the evil one. Constantly. Do you realize how utterly embattled you are? If you've walked with the Lord for any amount of years, your weary soul will say, yeah, it, it's a battle. Because your flesh in you cries out. The world is telling you it thinks it has light. This is where life is found. This is where meaning is found. This is where fulfillment is found. This is where delight is found. And the enemy is in your brain, in your mind, always whispering the same lies to you. Trying to convince you of lies. Did God really say, come on, is he that good? He's not good. How could you believe he's good? Look what he's done to you. Have you struggled this week? Have you wrestled with darkness this week? In your thoughts? What's come in through your eyes from the world, from your flesh? Has the darkness impacted you? I tell you what, it is always a battle. Continual battle. Do you realize that one of the worst things that could ever happen to you is to come here and to get a bunch of facts about Jesus, but not really come to know Jesus. That's what happens when we don't listen, when we don't take heed. Listen. Isn't it really easy to accumulate all kinds of information, doctrine, Bible verses that we memorize, about who Jesus is, but not know him as the light and life of our souls on a continual and daily basis? Here's another way of thinking about it. Thinking about what's going on in our souls. Here's here's the difference between knowing Jesus, knowing about Jesus, and knowing Jesus. 
Ask yourself a hard question. Do you believe and feel in the quiet of your soul that you are absolutely and completely loved, accepted, forgiven, and secure in Jesus? I guarantee you have doubts about that at times. Do you see how much he's done for you and what it means for you? And hear me on this. I'm not talking about Jesus can do or has done and knowing it factually. I'm talking about knowing in your soul that he's done it for you. And there's a difference. Knowing Jesus this way is what it means to have the light come in. The light invade your soul. Because when you know the fullness of the love of Christ, you will be filled with the fullness of God. Paul prays for the, the Ephesians that way. It's my prayer for us as a body, for all of us. That we would know the height, the depth, the width of the love of Christ so that we might be filled with the love of... Uh, we might be filled with the fullness of God that surpasses understanding. It's one thing to know... Have you, you understand what I'm saying, right? It's one thing to know facts about. It's another thing to know it in your heart. And the worst thing possible is when we just we get to know more and know more and know more in our heads, but we don't realize more in our hearts. I can't tell you how many children, how many people have memorized catechisms throughout the years. Loaded, loaded with the depths and the riches of the love of Christ and understanding who He is and what He's done for them. But those people have not gone from knowing about Him to knowing Him in their hearts. Because we can easily confuse the two. I know about Him, all about Him. But do you know Him? That's the ultimate question. Do you know Him in your hearts? Because as long as we go after the world and the things of the world to fill us, all we experience and all we feel and all we know is darkness. And I'm sure all of us, because you're on a journey, you've wandered from Christ and you've times you've gone after the world or the things in the world and you've felt the darkness. You've known the darkness. You've believed the lies and you've went after it. And what's so scary, what I'm most afraid of, is that we go through religious routines. We hear, we hear, we hear, but we don't hear. We don't take heed to how we're listening. We don't examine our souls. We get a bunch of facts about Jesus, but then we go and we try to find our life in the world and of the things of the world. And when we do that, we're not people who are filled with the light of Christ and eager to shed that light. We become people who are filled with the cares and concerns of this world. And Jesus is merely a historical figure that we know a lot about. Isn't it easy 
to sit here and drink from the world's fountain all week long, and then you hear Jesus, Jesus, rah, 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 Jesus, Jesus, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. He died for our sins. I could tell you the story. Maybe you have a bunch of catechisms memorized and say, I could even, heck, ask me the questions. I can have some pretty good answers about it. But then we leave here and we begin to seek others' approval. We, we go and pursue more likes on Facebook. We, we wish we didn't have that birthmark or those small muscles uh, because then we would be attractive and we'd have attention and we, that we so long for and we could be filled. Or we seek to have more power and authority so we can feel the rush of respect, honor, and submission from others. Whatever it is, all of us, the world is crying out, your flesh is crying out to be filled. And all of us, all of us are tempted by these things as they dangle in front of us. And, and we're offered promises from the world, from our flesh, from the devil, that are nothing, nothing but vaporous. They're lies. But because we believe the lie, we believe that that lie will meet our soul's needs through the world and the things in it. We find our souls experiencing darkness. Yet if we listen carefully to Jesus, the love, acceptance, forgiveness, security, and power that we so long for is offered to us in him if we will by faith lay hold of it. Jesus offers life. Jesus offers salvation. Jesus, Jesus loves. Jesus gives. That's real. That's substantive. That's the, that's the stuff that our souls long for. But we're drawn away by the world. Because quickly, how easily it is, to, how easy it is for you to look at your life and see the imperfections. You know you have issues. You know you have weaknesses. You know you have insecurities. You know you have problems, right? And we're terrified that they'll prevent us from really being fully accepted, loved, and secure with God and others. Because we believe the lies. And these produce fears and anxieties and thoughts about our world that we, des- we desperately want to get rid of. We don't want them. We don't like that feeling. So what we do in this darkness is we grope around looking for anything we can to get rid of it. We grope around in the world trying to find ways to be acceptable, to be loved, secure, safe, to rid ourselves of the guilt, the shame, the weakness, the imperfections. And sometimes we continually try the same old pills and medications or whatever it is to dull it. Certain things make us forget or distract us or give us pleasure for the moment and so we go after them. This is the darkness in our souls that longs to be filled. And we think it will be at least subsided or medicated if we fill in the blank. Maybe if we, if we have a drink or two. We take some meds, get some more likes, have some hits, have someone hit on us, or, or uh, accomplish something great, get a new haircut, have, some, uh, have someone obey us, get a bunch of money, or whatever it is. We're lured away to the lie and go after the darkness. But God sent forth his son into the darkness to bring light. We aren't here this morning to perform a bunch of religious rituals and duties. We're here because in the midst of this darkness, we need the light. We need Jesus. 
Because when we do believe that he loves us, he accepts us, he forgives us, he cleanses us, he frees us, and he fills us with everything we need, we experience the light, and it floods our souls, and it removes the darkness. But when we think God only wants from us is to obey, we come here, we got to obey a bunch of rules, do's and don'ts, while praising him for everything that happens in our lives, that's what we're supposed to do then we've missed the light of Scripture. We've not been listening. We've not been hearing and understanding that Jesus is here presented to you as your life. Everything you need is in Him. Everything you're groping around longing for, looking for, is in Him. It's found in Him. The truth of the Gospel is this good news that He has come to set you free from that bondage, that slavery to the world and the things in it, to your own self, to the lusts of the flesh. But boy, it takes a lot, doesn't it? So we come to know him, and yet we wander from him. We say, wait me one more time, one more try, one more thing, one more. Man, am I an idiot. Why did I go do that again? Because we believe the promises that the world presents, and we fail to believe the promises that Jesus presents. Do you know what we have to do every week? We come here and we have to listen to what Jesus is offering and we have to come to Jesus. We have to confess our darkness and believe that what he's done for us is true and what I need is him. I don't need this other garbage, the stuff that I try. I don't need that. What I need is him. He's the only one who can fill me. And Jesus isn't afraid of your weakness. I am weak. I am pathetic. I am this. I am that. He accepts that gladly. That's what we have to come to the end of ourselves and and, and recognize our need and come as needy creatures and receive from Jesus. This is what it means to listen, it's to heed his call and come. And be filled. And look to him to fill you. Look to Jesus to fill you. Look to Jesus to satisfy you. Look to Jesus. And know with certainty as he says he loves you. You're secure in him. You don't have to try to gain his approval. Or his acceptance. Rest in him. And when you've listened and you receive from Jesus... You receive the light and it floods your soul and the darkness dissipates. Stay in the light and you'll be able to discern the darkness and be filled with the goodness of Jesus. Amen. Father, we are so so needy so confused at time and so lost in our own darkness. Even as Jesus is presented to us, we have doubts. We doubt your goodness. We doubt your promise. We begin to believe the lies of the evil one, that maybe you aren't so good. Maybe your promises are just a bunch of lies. 
Maybe the world really does have what I'm looking for. Father, have mercy. Forgive us. Draw us, give us eyes to see that that light would flood our souls and ears to hear that we would see the glories of Jesus and receive them. That we would lay hold of the promises of the gospel. That we would lay hold of Jesus this morning and be filled by him. Have mercy on us for we ask it in his name. Amen.